Welcome back. This is John Mills. And this is Josh Mills. This is Acquired Tastings. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Acquired Tastings. You know, Josh, I missed one because I was out of town, but uh, your mom and I, we bought the wines, we got the food the best we could, and we listened to you and Maggie, and man, we had a blast. That was so fun, and I hope our our listeners do the same thing. Yeah, it was it was a real good time having Maggie on the podcast with us. Did you guys have a good trip? We had a great trip. Brought back some uh, Montana beers, and that's what we're going to do today. I'm yeah. going to do Moose Drool, and you're going to do Halo. Huckleberry with, Hefeweizen. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. That's from the Lewis and Clark Brewing. So to follow along this week, um, Moose Drool is a, it's an amber ale, right, Dad? It's a, uh, like a nut brown. Uh, you could you could get any kind of nut brown that uh, you like and probably follow along that way. Yeah, and with the, if you can't find a Huckleberry beer, which is going to be, you know, kind of a little bit hard because Huckleberries are, you know, kind of a more uh, mountainous berry. You can have any kind of uh, blueberry wheat or some kind of lightly fruited ale, and you should be able to follow along with us. As our uh, snacks today, we've got a couple good boards going on. Uh, I've got some spec, which is a, it's kind of like prosciutto, but it's uh, with a little bit different process. I've got some soft pretzels. I have a Fontina cheese that's got olive oil and rosemary, a bergamot and hibiscus fontina cheese. I've got some spread cheddar, some Toulouse sausages, and some wild boar salami. And on my side, I have some uh, three cheese pizza, some ribs that I had uh, smoked back uh, a while ago. And then I did a a piece of nice steak, pretty rare. Uh, And then some barbecue chips. We're going to have a good time, good taste, good beers. Oh, yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about the blind from last week. Maggie blinded me on a wine and I called it a Loire Valley Sauvignon Blanc from Sancerre. And I hit the right country, but I was kicking myself after I found out what it was because this, I love this wine. I've actually been and met the producer of this wine. It was the Kinsler Gehertzemeiner from their Grand Cru, um, from their Grand Cru vineyard of Osterberg uh, from the vintage 2016. And Gehertzemeiner is one of my favorite grapes. And uh, we haven't had a chance to have it on the podcast yet, but. I was I was super surprised by how um, it wasn't you know super floral coming out and kind of giving me my normal Gehertzmeiner markers, but maybe I just need to drink more Grand Cru. Well, where's Osterberg, Josh? So Osterberg is a vineyard, a specific vineyard in Alsace, France. Okay. Uh, so it's Gehertzmeiner is this in Kinsler they grow in the Alsace region and they have a part of the Grand Cru vineyard. Uh, called Osterberg. And um, when we get into, we can do a whole thing on Alsace and I would love it, but we can kind of talk about how the Grand Cru's are delineated during one of those episodes. All right. So you're going to start us off, Josh, with the Halo Huckleberry beer. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, This is from Lewis and Clark Brewing in Helena, Montana. Helena is the capital of Montana for those of you geography nuts. This is a, based on their Miner's Gold Hefeweizen. So it's going to be a wheat beer. It's going to be a little bit lighter in style. And then they add that huckleberry flavor on top of it. So, But it's not hazy like some of the wheat beers are. It looks very clean, crisp. 
Oh, there's like flecks of looks like there's flecks of huckleberry in it. Uh, I don't really see that. I see the bubbles. Maybe it's just my. But I definitely smell the huckleberry. You know, it's a light, light. I mean, they haven't really poured lots of huckleberries into it. So you don't get a whole lot of that flavor. Yeah. Or that smell, aroma. Yeah. So for those of you who may have sadly never had a huckleberry or kind of know what we're talking about, huckleberries are like, they're, I call them mountain blueberries. They grow only above a certain elevation. Good analogy. And they are purple, purple little berries that, you know, I think in the height of Montana summers, uh, my girlfriend who's from Montana told me you can buy them for like $15 a pound. So they're really expensive. They're hard to get, or you just go hike yourself. They kind of taste like a more intense blueberry flavor. Um, that's just a little bit sweeter. It still has that good tar- uh, tart side to it. Um, still smells very purple, uh, but it's re- it's very delicious. If you can find huckleberries or huckleberry anything, you should get your hands on you it. You can try find some. the jelly, the jam, mm-hmm. eat the syrup for your pancakes. Now, I heard somebody say, and it might have been your girlfriend, Josh, that you can get a huckleberry bear claw and it will change your life. Yeah, she did talk about the huckleberry bear claws from uh, Polson, I believe. It's down a dirt road, so uh, we never made it. Yeah. Smells smells really good. I get the huckleberry smell, that's for sure. It reminds me of, like, uh, pancakes. Huckleberry pancakes? Well, I've never had huckleberry pancakes, but it does remind me of that kind of light, sweet, um, bready It's sort of like that blueberry smell. Mm. That's really huckleberry. You get more huckleberry taste than I got in the aroma. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's got its lemoniness. It has that, you know, kind of standard wheat beer, um, breadiness, um, kind of a little lemongrass. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Yeah. definitely lemongrass, lemon. It's really, really good. So what should we pair with it, Josh? Well, I think any of the things we've got on our board today uh, are going to be good with it. I really especially think the, um, the bergamot and hibiscus cheese is going to be really good with it, as well as the Toulouse sausages, because they have kind of more of those herbaceous, um, big flavors. I think I'm going to get some of that sausage. Just try it out. I'm going to drink a little more of the beer because it's delicious. Oh, go for it. Uh, but it still had like, so it has that like half of ice and that wheat, um, like kind of like cooked wheat quality. And I keep going back to pancakes because it just, it just reminds me of a pancake and it's delicious. A little bit about Lewis and Clark Brewing. One of the things that I learned about them when I was studying up for this is that they use almost all Montana grain and they, the grain is malted in Montana. They're using Montana wheat in this Hefeweizen. So they, they're keeping it as local as they can. And the Hefeweizen, so the base of this beer actually has won many awards um, in the Hefeweizen category, they've even won, a, uh, in 2018, they won a gold medal yeah, I at saw the Great that American too. Beer Festival. Gold medal. Also for 2018, they won a gold medal from the World Beer Cup. So it's so a they great- take that beer and, and then infuse the huckleberries into it? Yeah, so they take, they take the base. So when you, most fruited beers, unless it's like a fruited imperial beer, you have a standard style, which is your base beer. Um, in this instance, it's the Hefeweizen. Then they add some 
actual probably huckleberries into, I would guess, into the boil to kind of pull out and extract some of that flavor to it. They don't exactly say like how they add it. Um, it's just added in. It's one of those. As a home brewer, that's the way I do it. Add it into the bowl. Yeah. And this beer is listed at 5% ABV. So it's really light, nice and easy to drink. It's only 10 IBUs. So it's going to be, it's not bitter at all. It's kind of more on the light and refreshing side. And that's why it's somewhat sweet. Mm-hmm. So I tried the pretzel and the pretzels that we have have a lot of big pieces of salt on them. The Tulum has some saltiness and that, that saltiness seemed to, it didn't overpower the beer, but it seemed to distract from the sweetness. But I still had the huckleberry flavor, which is really nice. Yeah, it kind of calms it down. It kind of takes it from more being sweet to more of a savory. And I think, I mean, I had some of the spec with it, which I think was really, really good. What'd you have? The spec. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your trip. We did a lot of fly fishing and we wore our mask a lot. When we went through Oklahoma, the Oklahomans weren't wearing the mask like like uh, in Montana or Wyoming. We went to Wyoming as well. And we did not go into Yellowstone. We were a little bit afraid about how crowded it might be and that some people might not be wearing masks. But, you know, uh both times we got to a city to buy groceries, everybody's wearing the mask because it was required. But we had a lot of great fun. I mean, there is some beautiful country to see. Yeah, that's one of the things I noticed. Even when I was up there in the winter, when I did my my season of psalming up there, it's it is it is absolutely gorgeous country. It is big sky. That's what they call it. Yeah, they also call it the last best place. <laughs> the last best place. I hadn't heard that one. And we learned about Quake Lake. Uh, Quake Lake is there in Montana near the Madison. Oh, Cross from the Madison River. It's made from the Madison River, in fact. And there was a 7.3 earthquake. I'd never heard about that. That was in 1959. Mm-hmm. I was just a little kid, though. But still, there were people, 29 people that died, and and uh, Quake Lake was made. The Madison River was moved. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And if you ever get a chance to go there, go go to the museum where you can find out about Quake Lake. Well, back to the beer. Yeah. So this, uh, I just had some of the Toulouse. The Toulouse sausage with it. You get that saltiness from it too. Yeah. And it's like, I think it really complements, you know, the fat from the, the fat from the sausage kind of cuts down on the, once again, it kind of cuts down and rounds out the sweetness and it kind of turns it more savory. But all those beautiful herbs from the Toulouse sausage are really starting to come through and are just enhances it. Kind of like I've had some white wines enhance it. Okay. Okay. Have you tried any of the cheeses with it? No, not yet. Which one would you recommend? The bergamot and hibiscus cheese first. Hibiscus. All right. So it's going to be flowery. It's going to be floral. That cheese is to match with the wheat beer. Yeah, it's a... So it's a Fontina cheese. So it's it's technically an Italian cheese, kind of lighter in style, semi-firm. And then they rub the outside with bergamot tea and hibiscus and let it let it age with it. So it's going to kind of bring in a lot of those same kind of flavors, which I think will really work well with the kind of that fruity, sweet tartness of the huckleberries. You think it's going to overpower it? I don't know. It's only one way to find out. Well, that's really a nice cheese. I don't know that I've ever had that one, Josh. Yeah, I was looking for an herb, a couple herb crusted or herb rub cheeses. Uh, because I have a feeling it was going to work really well with the huckleberry. It was also going to work well with the Hefeweizen, just bringing some of that herbation. Hefeweizen is a really, really versatile beer when it comes to pairing. It can go real light. It can go to like salads and really light. It can go to real heavy stuff as well. Yeah. Okay. No, it it uh, paired very well. I was a little afraid of the of the hibiscus 
counteracted the huckleberry, but it did not. This is a really nice drinking beer. Mm-hmm. You could use this as your lawn mowing beer. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it would, it would be a fantastic lawn mowing beer if I could get it down here. One of the things I've learned, and I don't know if you kind of notice this when it comes to some beers like this, they are really hard to find. You know, they're kind of kind of like a, most local beers. They're really locally distributed. Lewis and Clark Brewing is distributed in, I think, Montana, Idaho, and then maybe a little bit into Wyoming. Oh, okay. So it's really, really localized. And there are some other Huckleberry beers out there. You just kind of got to search to find them. And that's kind of why I said, why I was talking about if you can find like a fruited beer or a blueberry beer, we've got a great blueberry beer here in Little Rock. Is that a flyway? Yeah. That I think would be kind of a compliment to the flavor styles that are going on here. You know, when I bought this beer, you had asked for several different Montana beers and I found these two, but the other two breweries that you mentioned were on the west side, I think, of Montana. So I didn't even see them at West Yellowstone, the, the town where we did our shopping. West is kind of south central in Montana, and it's a little bit farther south than you think. I mean, you kind of forget how big Montana really is. Right. You know, uh, it's bigger than Texas, you know, but it's not as big as Alaska. It can take a it takes a good long while to drive across it. So it's really kind of regional. And one of the ones I wanted him to get was a Huckleberry, if he could have found it, was a Huckleberry Sour from a brewery out in Missoula called Draftworks. It would have just been, I think it would have been really, really cool because they use tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of Huckleberries to actually do like a true fruited sour beer. Oh, okay. So that was kind of, it was, it was going to be a completely different style. Yeah. You don't normally like sours. I, d- I don't, but f- I would try a huckleberry sour. <laughs> <laughs> Just because the huckleberries might counteract the sour. Exactly. You know, I, you know, there are a lot of sours out there that I'm, uh, that I'm, I'm new to because I usually drink on the other end of the spectrum. I drink really Usually drink really rich, really rounded, uh, kind of full beers and like Gozas and Berliner Weisses and go- and sours. You know, are really kind of laser sharp and I call them linear beers. Uh, while they can have a lot going on, the taste is just kind of razor through your mouth. So, but you know, for a Huckleberry one, I would try it. So, if anybody out there can get us a Huckleberry, uh, some of the Draftworks Huckleberry beer, uh, Huckleberry sour, that'd be great. Oh, it would be. And in fact, I went to our favorite liquor store and said. Do you have any Montana beers? And I go, oh, no. And then she said later, she said, well, there might be some up in Springdale. It's like, I'm going to drive to Springdale (laughs) (laughs) for a Montana beer. At that point, you might as well just take the... Take the extra week off and just go to Montana. Well, we we could have, should have brought more back, but, uh, you know. Well, I appreciate what you did bring back. Well, you're most welcome. And, you know, the Prius is pretty packed. I mean, we did a lot of things. We did some fly fishing. We didn't do any camping, but we still had, you know, our camping chairs, our Mexican blankets, our pillows. Oh, man, we everything, suitcases and whatnot. And, you know, we stayed very safe. That was part of the reason to go out there is to get away from COVID. And then we come back here and Arkansas is peaking. <laughs> or uh, I hope this is the peak. It needs to get down. So I finished mine, Josh. Maybe we either go get another one or uh, we start on something else. I kind of want to talk about one more of the pairings. The wild boar sausage that I got is going to be kind of a really good contrasting pairing because it's really full, full flavored, super savory. And it's, you know, it kind of holds up. I guess I'll have to go get one, Josh, <laughs> since you're talking about another pairing. Okay. 
it kind of reminds me of, have you ever had like elk um, tenderloin or like buffalo tenderloin with like a blueberry sauce or a blueberry like barbecue sauce on it? I haven't had the blueberry barbecue sauce on it, but yes, I've had elk or buffalo or so some of that game that you, you have yeah, out you kind of have that really rich gaminess um, with kind of that, you know, earthy sweetness to it. And it's a, I think it's a really good pairing. Let me try it here. Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good, Josh. I think it's kind of my favorite pairing so far. Now, where did you get the wild boar? I actually got it at Kroger. Oh, really? Yeah, it's um, Carmina Lini. It's one of the really big sausage makers mm-hmm. and like uh, salami makers. And it's actually wild boar from feral pigs that they've killed in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah, and they use it. That is wild, though. Yeah, and they make it sausage. So it really has that kind of gamey, really rich, porky quality to it. Thinking about other pairings that I would you know, pour this with, I would pour this with a duck dish. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Having that like gaminess and the fattiness. I think this, this beer is surprisingly to me really likes fat mm-hmm. and I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it really like it does well with fatty foods, which I wasn't expecting at all. Well, and it would also do very well with trout or salmon. Yeah. And that just, I mean, that speaks to the versatility of, of hefeweizens. And I think, you know, the, the huckleberry quality on this and that fruited quality is not, it's not overpowering, but it's not under. Um, it's, it's really, really well balanced. I mean, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this beer. Now, last year I got you a Huckleberry beer from, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. No, it wasn't this one, but it was still a very good one. Yeah, it was still very good, but it wasn't actually as balanced as this one. The Huckleberry wasn't quite as pronounced. It was really kind of like a, almost kind of a whisper of Huckleberry. It was, oh, really? It was good. Uh-huh. But this one is actually, you know, better because it really, I think, I think that fruitiness kind of shines mm-hmm. a little bit more than in some of the other Huckleberry beers I've had, but it's not also just overly sweet. This is a great beer. Well, I'm going to do a little crossover. I've got that steak for the moose rule. I'm going to try that with this, uh, Second beer we poured. I'm sure it'd be. I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm going to go back to some of the uh, pretzels. I hope we're making you hungry and thirsty. That way you'll go. You'll go out and buy the beers. Can't get these locally, but you can get something similar. Yeah. So I actually had a friend of mine, Stephen, who's listening to this, and he messaged me the other day. He said, "You know, new personal personal rule: can't listen to this podcast after lunch because I'm going to be hungry the rest of the day." <laughs> Hearing talking about all the food that we that we've got in front of us and kind of how it tastes and everything, but yeah, so that's the you know for me that's the real fun part of it is you know eating and drinking together. You know, kind of you know as I talked about in the last podcast, kind of really how it can really elevate each other and just. Kind of create a whole new experience. And like I said earlier, uh, Joanna had a great experience uh, tasting along with Josh and Maggie two nights ago. I guess it was. Why don't you take that drink of beer? And then what was your favorite pairing from that episode? Well, I'll tell you, the interesting thing was the pate and the sauterne. It really, really shocked me. It surprised me unbelievably. We couldn't get exactly uh, the pate that she had. We had a duck pate, but mm. it's going to be very similar. Oh, yeah. Got that at uh, Fresh Market. Mm-hmm. The Saturn is so sweet. It's not something I would pick up on an everyday basis. I mean, yeah, I know it's a dessert wine, but that was uh, still so sweet. Do you happen to know what mom's was? You know, when Maggie talked, I think so. When Maggie talked about the cheese and the balsamic vinegar, 
that hit mom. Mm-hmm. We never, either one of us thought about balsamic vinegar and, and, uh, the cheese. But once we did that, it's like, oh man, this is great. Yeah. And most of us in America probably wouldn't think of that putting vinegar on cheese, but it's just a, you know, it's just hit every part of your palate. Well, balsamic's not like, it's not like vinegar. Of course it's not. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's not like normal vinegar, but still the idea, the idea of a vinegar on a cheese, Mm -hmm. it's still just kind of foreign. And it's like you guys were talking about it, Italy and she was talking about Hawaii. It's the, you know, you both grown up with some great experiences. Yeah. All right. You about ready for the moose rule or? Sure. I'm ready to go ahead and switch over. I did try the steak uh, with the with beer and man, it was really good. It worked well too. It's like the gaminess of, of the uh, boar sausage. You know, back to the trip a little bit. You know, we wore our mask a lot and funniest thing, I swear, I saw a moose with a mask. Really? He was being autonomous. <laughs> autonomous. Yeah. No, we did see we did see a moose in uh, Colorado. It was uh, up at Sprague Lake. And if you've ever seen a moose, one of the things they do is they reach down in with their mouth to the bottom of this lake or whatever that they're located at and they eat the moss. And so then when they come up, you're seeing that water coming out of their mouth and it's sort of like that moose drool, if you will. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think that's where it's kind of coming from that. I think it is. And so was it a, was it a bull moose or did it have, it was a, it was a jerk. It was a junior bull moose. His, his antlers weren't, but about a, a foot on each side. Mm-hmm. And at this time of year, they have the velvet, uh, really pretty nice. But, uh, even so, I don't know. Probably weighed 800, 900 pounds. Yeah. So my girlfriend's dad went hunting for moose in Montana or not in Montana, in Alaska. And she was saying that to be in size, the antlers have to be 50 inches across. Wow. So from from tip to tip, you know, farthest to farthest, this has to be, you know, 50 inches across. These things are massive. So what uh, aromas do you get, Josh? Have you tried it? No, I've just, I've been looking at other things. So this is kind of a, you know, it's a, it's kind of a reddish color wise. It's kind of a reddish brown. Yeah. That's why I said mahogany. Yeah. That's actually a really good descriptor of it. You know, it kind of reminds me of like black cherry juice too. So there's a a number of different malts in this beer. Uh, There's pale malt, there's caramel, there's chocolate, and there's whole black. So what is that kind of? As a home brewer for people like us who don't kind of get what that means, what does that kind of mean? So I don't know the exact temperatures, though I could look it up. It's around uh, 400 to 450. Like we said earlier, how um, in Scotland they use the peat to infuse the smoke into the malt. So what you do in beer is you, you dry that malt and you use temperature to do that. And so when you take that, it's actually barley that you're drying. Mm-hmm. And so to get a black malt, you are drying it at 450 degrees for probably four or five hours. To get chocolate, it's less time. Right. It depends. It depends on, you know, exactly where, where you're wanting it in the in the scale of of darkness. Uh, but it's probably two to two and a half hours and then you go on down from there right and so you know the malting process also 
what it does is, you know, barley, barley's got a, is rich in sugar and we need to find, they need to figure out a way to enhance or bring out those sugars in, mm-hmm. in the barley itself and they roast it and roasting that brings out sugar. So if you think about any other roasted vegetables you've ever had, you know, it kind of brings out that sweetness and kind of cooks it, cooks it down right. to bring out that sweetness. So that's kind of why they roast them. And at these different levels, they give you kind of different flavors as well as the sugars. So the uh, alcohol on this one is about the same as uh, the wheat beer. It's a uh, 5.3, 5.1, 5.3s, which is very similar. Uh, but the IBUs, uh, International Bittering Units, is like 26. It's still not an IPA by any stretch of the imagination. But you do get some bitterness of it. But it's still very sweet. Yeah, there's it's a lot of like roasted, kind of like a roasted vegetable, but not really vegetable. It's just kind of that roasty quality to it. It's on its smell. It's got some kind of, you know, like light bitteringness on it. You know, it's almost like have you ever had like a flamed like orange peel on any cocktails? Oh, yeah. Yeah, You know, that kind of like roasty citrusy kind of kind of smell or flavor. I, I started to do some caramelized onions, but we had that a few uh, episodes ago. But I think that would have gone very well because of, because of this smoke kind of charness that you're already getting from, from the beer itself. Yeah. yeah now, it tastes really good. You're getting a lot of creaminess with it. I mean, it's to me, it's uh, almost chewable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit more viscous. Then the Hefeweizen, it's really kind of co- it coats your mouth with kind of that flavor and, you know, kind of on my top palate, it's like, you know, it's kind of creaminess, like almost like, you know, the cream rises. So I kind of, I'm tasting that on the top of my mouth and then kind of on the bottom, the bottom, I'm really kind of getting those roasty kind of nutty, kind of reminds me of um, like roasted chestnuts. I'm not at chestnuts very often. Well, so in Italy, it was one of those things like no joke. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire is a thing that happens on the streets of Italy around Christmas time. Like, they remember Zach? Zach would do that. Yeah. Yeah. There would be these vendors. Yeah. There'd be vendors on a street that would, they'd be roasting, roasting whole chestnuts and you just buy them by the bag. Josh, you got to try a rib with it. Oh my gosh. Getting to the ribs. Are these, these are your ribs, right, Dad? That's right. So, why did you pick? Why did you pick ribs and and steak and pizza for this beer? Well, because this beer really holds up to to those meats. Uh, but I also have some cheese pizza over here, and I also have some barbecue chips. The barbecue chips I, I bought are spicy. Uh, the bag said something about southern spice, and it showed a cayenne pepper, but these chips are not cayenne pepper hot. They're just nice and spicy. We would eat barbecue chips with some of our scotches, too, because mm-hmm. of that smokiness. What do you think about that rib? Well, it's your rib. It's your rib, so it's delicious. <laughs> I haven't gotten the beer yet because I've just been eating the rib. <laughs> so Josh and I have gone a long ways with uh, my ribs. Uh, we've done some events in Hot Springs, and uh, we first time we did it, we won uh, – what was it? Family Choice Award? People. People's Choice. People's Choice Award. And then the second time we came in like third, 
but I was putting salt on my ribs and I quit that now. Well, because we use it because it's not that you don't use salt, period. It's, there's salt in the in the rub that you use and you're using extra on top of it. So these are Kansas City style ribs. They are dry. There is no sauce yeah, whatsoever. Dry rub. At all. Period. Right. So they're dry rubbed and then they're smoked. Smoked with just apple, apple wood. And they're really delicious. I need to try the beer now. So do you get any kind of spiciness with this beer? Well, so with the, you know, with the, it's really good with the ribs. You're right. It does kind of hold up. Um, it's not, you know, too alcoholic. But that creaminess kind of, that feeling of cream kind of covers and kind of coats it. Because sometimes the ribs can be a little bit spicy and it kind of mm-hmm. counterbalances that. I don't get kind of any like spicy quality to it. I get kind of that roasty roastiness. I don't get any kind of like, like maybe a little bit of cinnamon, but it's just way, 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 way back there. Mm -hmm. I don't even get any pepper or nutmeg or anything like that. So I really don't get much spice at all. Mm -mm. It's just that, you know, with, you know, that grain bill of those different grains, you're going to get a lot of different flavors that are melded together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the black and the chocolate give you this color. And that redness that you saw, Josh, uh-huh. that's from the chocolate. The chocolate barley malt has that redness. And, of course, the black is the black. And the so the caramel and the pale, they don't really give you much color at all. But I know the flavors that they wanted in this beer really have turned out well yeah this is a really kind of mellow mellow brown ale you know it's not really it's not towards your stouts and porters it's not really toward like a pale ale it's just a good straight down the middle brown ale really full flavor you know people would be afraid by the color of this but if they were to give it a try it's going to be easy drinking full really full flavored and a newcastle brown ale it's very similar in color to this but it has a lot more hops so it has a lot more bitterness to it. Yeah. I really like that beer on occasion, but this one is so smooth. You can't ask for anything better. Yeah. And so I just ate it with the the steak that we have. And the steak we have is a, it's a piece of tenderloin seasoned with just salt and pepper, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of pepperiness, you know, really mellowed the beer out mm-hmm. to me. And that kind of almost took over, but not really. Right. But it, I mean... It does hold up to a steak. It's a great beer. Like I said, it's it's a top-selling beer in Montana. Big Sky is one of the biggest breweries in Montana. I would love to take a brew tour. Yeah, take a week, go up there and do it. I've been to Montana. You've been to Big Sky. I've been to, I've been to the Big Sky country. I've actually been to Big Sky Brewing. Uh, the f- second time I took certified, the certified SOM test was actually in Missoula, on the very far western side near Idaho. And we went to... Before we came back, we went to Big Sky Brewing and they talked about their production level and how they're one of the biggest, you know, produced in Montana. But they still were only because they made so much beer. This is what kind of really threw me off because they made so much beer in their tap rooms. They could only give out like one ounce, one to two ounce samples like they couldn't actually pour you a full beer in their brewery because they made 
over a certain quantity of beer. Oh, I didn't know they had rules like that. Yeah, so their tap room, their tap room rules are really interesting. Sure, it wasn't because they wanted you to buy one. No, I'm sure because they actually they actually had the law written on the wall. Oh, really? Like they were in protest oh. to this wall, and some of the other ones you can only if the production level is low enough. You can only get three beers. Oh, okay. When when you visit, like that's what draft works when we went there. Their production was so low that so they could actually pour us full beers, but we could own like they give you tickets when you come in the door mm. <laughs> and you can only you can only buy three beers. You can only that's buy all three you beers. Get, huh? Yeah. Well, it's a good beer. Yeah. Too bad I didn't bring more back, huh? I know. Just have to take another trip. I don't know. Well, we did four thousand miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a round trip. Oh yeah. It's a long it's a long way. From from where we're at. Right. Did you try any of the cheese pizza yet with it? No, I haven't. I've been picking at this rib. I'm gonna go get <laughs> I mean, I'm almost out of beer. I don't know about you. Yeah. How is it with the cheese pizza? Well, you know, the cheese and, and the beer complement each other, and so does it. There's some red sauce underneath this cheese pizza. So it works really well. I think I could have done a cheese board and would have still been happy. Yeah. Both of these are really, really versatile beers. Right. You know, I think the flavors that they have as kind of their bases are really complimentary. It's going to be really complimentary to almost all foods. I don't know about this brown ale with some fish. I think it, I think, well, yeah, I think, you know, the salmon, it may be okay with some, or a tuna with some kind of more fatty fish, but with just a, like a white fish or really light fish, I don't know if it would be great. I'd say it might it might work well with the tuna. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And it might and it might also depend on the preparation because you know you know pan seared cod, you know this might overpower, but you know fish and chips. Yeah, might not. Yeah, yeah this beer thin it kind of thins out. You know, it, not in a bad way, but it just kind of thins out with food to me. Yeah, like it, it was a lot more robust. So it's, when I, before I had the food with right and. What I've noticed, too, in saying it somewhat different way than you did, Josh, when you first taste it, you have taste sensors from the tip of your tongue to the back of your tongue to your throat. So what I get when I first taste it is the tip of my tongue getting those tastes. Uh-huh. And we, I think we talked about finish. And so the finish, which is how it lingers in your mouth, is pretty quick, but it's especially quick when you've been eating some of these pairings that we've had. Yeah. So tip of the tongue, that's the first place you taste. It tastes it tasted so good at first. It still tastes good. Don't get me wrong. Right. Maybe we need another can. But, <laughs> but, but what uh, what happens is you have all these other tastes in your mouth with that beer, and the lingering of the taste and and the food kind of complement and distract from each other. That's if that if you can understand what I'm saying. The compliment is on the front end and the distract is later because the food kind of, it doesn't overpower it, but the, the food and what happens is the beer is now in its, its finishing or lingering stage, but the food is still there. Like my rib, <laughs> my ribs are, are pretty spicy. You have that in your mouth with the beer. It's at First, it doesn't overpower it, but on the back end, it somewhat does. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It's just the way this beer works. Now, if we had that Newcastle, mm-hmm. which is 
more aromatic and higher in hops, it probably wouldn't do that. But that beer has a lot of bittering with it. Yeah. It's a great beer, but it's got a lot of bittering with it. Mm-hmm. Did you pour another beer, guys? All of a sudden, no. I've got beer in my glass. I don't know how it happened. I don't either. And one of the things that happens, too, is as the beer warms up, mm-hmm. it changes its profile. So, that, you know, that's that's like a Guinness. You <clears throat> shouldn't be drinking that ice cold. A lot of stouts, you want to let them warm up and let kind of those flavors come out. But this one, you know, it's a really good beer. Like, I, like I've said before, it's, you know, I mean, it's solid. You know, it can, it can hold up to a steak. It can hold up to ribs. It, you know, can, even if we say it's a bad pairing and you just like, like the beer and like the food, it's going to be good to you. It's going to be good to you. It's yeah, don't take our word for it, guys, <laughs> guys and gals. Uh, everybody's, like we said this before, everybody's palate's different. My, my palate's different from Josh's. There's no doubt about that. Yep. I'm trying to chip. So that's that crunchiness you might hear. That's interesting. So. Like, I'm just thinking back to the many and many a bags of Casey Masterpiece Lay's chips that I've eaten in my life. And these aren't as sweet. Like, there's late heat. Like, there's late heat on these chips. You know, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. southern heat, I guess you could say, presents itself later while, like, later when you're eating it. Yeah, that's right. Ooh, that's nice. That really malty characteristic of the beer kind of coats that spiciness and really kind of calm, kind of calms it down. <clears throat> so what's been kind of your, on each plate, What's kind of been your favorite pairing? That wild boar went really, really well with the wheat beer. Uh, like I said before, the the sausage and, and the uh, pretzel with the saltiness, that kind of distracted a little bit. And then as far as the moose gruel, of course, it's my ribs. <laughs> the ribs and the moose gruel. You can't beat it. Right. That smokiness from the now, ribs. People are going to start writing in and ask, asking for us to send them my ribs. I mean, I'm totally into that. And remember, you can follow us on Instagram or email us at acquiredtastings at gmail.com and just, you know, start chit-chatting with us. We'd be happy to talk back with you, you know. Answer any question you have. You know, speaking of that, you know, I was looking and we kind of get a map of where um, where our listeners are from. We actually have a listener that's in Australia and then at least one in Lithuania. So we're reaching out there and feel, feel free to reach back to us. You know, we'd love to have the conversations. I might, I might know the person from Australia, but I sure don't know the person from Lithuania. Yeah. You never know. So it's been exciting to kind Tell of all your friends. We don't care where they're from. Yeah. We'd love to have that conversation with you. So feel free to reach out to us on the socials and, you know, Facebook, Instagram, email us, well, whatever. We'd be happy to. Chit chat with y'all. All right, Dad. So we're about ready for the uh, for the blind. Yeah. All right. We'll go ahead. And- so this this beer is a beer that probably Josh has not tasted, though he's been to Montana and he lived there for a while. So it could be that he's already tasted this beer. It is from Montana. <clears throat> so I'm going to give him a little bit of a break, though he's so good at blinding. I haven't. Got, I've got one right. Well, that's more than I've got. <laughs> it's a beer from Montana. I'm going to say if he can pick out the style, he'll nail it. If he can pick out the style and anything else, ABV or alcohol by volume, he'll be on top of the world. So let me, uh, we'll take a break here just for a minute. Let me pour that beer for him. 
and we'll be right back. All right, so to taste this beer, I'm gonna be using the deductive beer tasting method, uh, tasting grid from uh, Rich Higgins. Um, I found it online uh, when we were initially looking at how we were gonna blind beers. So once again, we're tasting all these beers out of tulip glasses. Are you ready, Dan? I'm ready, so I'm eating rib. <laughs> I'm jealous. So what, what do you see as the color, Josh? So looking at this beer, it's a really um, clear, light, like bright yellow, um, almost like golden. No, it's just like yellow. It's not even like tinted toward gold. It's more to the light side of yellow. Um, good amount of carbonation on it. Um, it is, see, kind of clear. I probably couldn't read newspaper through it, but um, it's clear. It is, you know, there's not a whole lot of head on it. Um, kind of bust off quickly. The head that's left is really white. <laughs> um, it is slightly intense. I'd say it's pretty intense on the nose. The first thing that I'm smelling right away is um, smelling citrus. I'm smelling pine. I'm smelling resin, you know, pine resin, a lemon peel, lemon zest. You know, not really getting any kind of breadiness or, you know, wheat or sugars. No real. I'm not expecting to get any kind of coffee or nut on this with being how light it is. It's also kind of floral. Have you tasted it yet? No, I'm still in a smell. Okay. It's, um, it's very, it's still floral on the nose. Some kind of like back end spice to it. Kind of like mace or, um, nutmeg. Can't tell. I don't think based on the smell, it doesn't seem like it's been aged in any kind of barrel. Like it's not like wine or bourbon barrel or anything like that. So are you smelling a lot of alcohol or mm -mm, no. I'm smelling a lot of hops is what I'm smelling. Oh, <laughs> if no. you want me to be specific, oh, oh, no. I'm smelling a lot of hops. Uh. Oh yeah. So I'd say this, the sweetness on this beer is you know, kind of medium, medium low. Um, the bitterness would be medium high. Um, kind of, this is, I would call this a hop driven beer. Not malt driven. Mm -mm. So I would say the moose drools. Yeah, the moose drool would be a malt driven malt. beer, or even the even the hefeweizen would be a grain. It'd be a grain driven beer over a hop driven beer. Um, but this one is definitely hop driven. Um, you know, there's some kind of like light umaminess on it. Um, yeah, the mouth carbonation is medium. You know, it's. I would, you know, call this kind of a fuller, like a medium plus uh, bodied beer. Um, it's kind of a lot going on. It's kind of persisting in the mouth. Um, it's not real much noticeable alcohol presence. There's definitely some limitedness on this. You know, it's a little bit of yeastiness um, coming in, but it's not real. It's not one of the driving factors of the beer. Um Huckleberries? No, definitely not. <laughs> um, you know, um, I think for the style of beer, I would call this balanced. It's not overtly um, one way or the other. I wouldn't call this a double or a triple of what it is. Um, the finish on it, I would call it a long finish because that hoppy persistence kind of stays in your mouth and kind of keeps going. Um, 
I think, I think that this is a standard IPA. Um, so when you say standard, what do you mean standard IPA? Um, it's not, it's definitely not an Imperial IPA. Um, no. it's not a double IPA. It's not a triple IPA. You know, this is when I say standard, it's like, um, something I would expect to come out before the big hop rush in. Oh, in okay. Brand. Um, IBUs are probably, probably in the sixties to eighties. Um, so they're not like way, way up there, mm. but they're, but it's definitely, it's definitely what drives this beer. Um, is the hops mm-hmm. is the hops. I would say alcohol is probably between five and seven on it. Um, I have absolutely no idea who made this beer. Well, that's why I, <laughs> I gave you a break on that. Yeah. But it's really, you know, it's really fresh. It's young. Um, and, you know, people who like IPAs would love, I think would just absolutely love this beer. Okay. Anything else? No, I think that's, that's good tasting dad. What do you think? Okay, I I enjoy I enjoy this beer. Yeah, you know, I was going to give you a whole four pack of it, and then I thought, no, I'm not. That makes me think <laughs> it's really an IPA. <laughs> so, what are we going to do next week, Josh? So next week we're going to continue on with our um, what's the deal with the E when it comes to liquor. So I'm going to be doing a bourbon this time, and I'm going to be doing the Bullet Bourbon from Bullet Distilling. Uh, distillery and dad what are you going to be doing i'm going to do lismore which is a space side scotch very cool uh which is a little more economical than uh the last scotch we did which was the reserve are you doing their um their unaged designated i think this is an unaged i've i've got the bottle here yeah yeah it's an unaged yeah uh so it's a not age designated scotch but it's uh it's from lismore and then i'm going to be doing the uh bullet bourbon so you guys that uh already have that you're all set if you don't have those uh go out and get you some bullet bourbon uh it's pretty economical in fact uh Bought a bottle on sale and the Lismore is economical too compared to the reserve that we did. So uh, go out and get you some whiskey and we'll see you next time. All right. Sounds good. Remember, follow us on Instagram at Acquired Tastings on Twitter at Acquired Tasting. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what we're doing, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a comment. Uh, Also reach out to us on, you can reach out to us through our email address uh, at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. This is John. And I'm Josh. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.